We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I took a break. I went to Optum. I needed a break from Bill. I went to Optum for about four years. And I came back. And one thing I came back with, I learned a lot at Optum. Larry Renfro, Mike Mateo, those guys... I learned a lot at, at Optum about diversity, right? About diversity and inclusion. And you better believe it, being the first black coach here in New England means a lot to me. Um, but those guys taught me, you have to take ideas from other people, black, white, green, yellow, really doesn't matter, old, young. One thing you'll notice about me in our interaction as we continue to go, is I don't like echo chambers. I want people around me that are gonna question my ideas or question the way we have done things in the past. Because realistically, this game's a lot different than when I, when I was drafted in 2008. So a couple of shots there. Direct ones, I thought, from Gerard Mayo at Bill Belichick. And look, I. I just want to be clear because I feel like people will text in or tweet periodically, Twitch chat. Jones, I thought you wanted Bill gone. Isn't this what you wanted? Well, yeah, this is what I wanted. I wanted Bill gone. Bill should be gone. I don't think Bill's going to be successful wherever he goes. I don't think he's going to be good in Dallas. I don't think he's going to be good in Philly. I definitely don't think he'll be good in Atlanta or Washington or Carolina or someplace like that. So, yes, this is what I wanted. But to me, it's telling that... All of a sudden now, Gerard Mayo is saying, I don't want to be Bill, which I did find respectful. We don't need echo chambers. Way back when I left for Optum, I needed a break from Bill, which didn't strike me as a joke at the time, and hearing it again still doesn't. I just think it speaks to their relationship at the end. And while the Crafts wants you to believe that it was mutual and amicable with Bill out the door, and that Gerard Mayo... They needed a break from Bill, too. Yeah, right, they did. A lot of people did, I'm sure. I think and that's why nobody laughed. Maybe. Because every single person in the room was like, we agree Everybody's with you, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Too real. You said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yep. Max in the back. Say it with your chest, Gerard. <laughs> Say it with your chest. And so it's like, you know, they want you to believe it was mutual and amicable. And they want you to believe that, oh, well, Bill was just totally fine with this. Gerard Mayo was the coach in waiting. And it was written into Gerard's contract and into Bill Belichick's contract. And it was all good. And Burt Breer would tell you that they told Gerard two years ago that he would take over for Belichick if anything happened or he decided to retire without much heads up. So they want you to believe it's all good, and just little things like this tell me that they weren't, and it's just more evidence of it. That's all. And so I'm happy they moved on from Bill. But those are shots. No echo chambers? I needed a break from Belichick? Yikes. I thought those were pretty good ones from Mayo today. And titles matter. (laughs) Titles are important, I think is what he said. And he's not talking about titles like winning championships, titles like titles within the organization. What is your job title? What is it that you do here that matters to him? I want to echo something that Arkan said earlier, because the more that we get into this, the more I agree with the way that he feels about this. It hasn't really sunk in for me. They had this big whole, this whole big press conference and watching it, it, it still doesn't connect to me like, yeah, that is the coach. 
that's the head coach. That's going to be the guy who's up there answering for everything that goes wrong with this team in the upcoming season. So how'd you feel or about the guy getting all the glory when it goes right? How'd like, you... that the, it just is weird that it's not Bill. How'd you feel about how he did today, Arkan? I know that was your takeaway, and Mego is is agreeing with it. Like, how did you feel about how he he handled the day? I thought he handled the day pretty well. I thought that considering you know what he was what he was doing and who he's following, and the fact that you know Kraft was right there and said some things that he disagreed with, I thought he handled all of that pretty well. And I also think that you know that's a that's a spot where a guy who wasn't really confident in himself and didn't have sort of the like I saw those leadership qualities. Like you could kind of see it. Uh, I could see the vision from uh, from the crafts there while he was talking and based on the things that he was saying and he sounded like someone who had a plan he sounded like someone who was confident in himself and i mean in these introductory press conferences that's mostly what people are looking for right yeah did he win you over i mean that's a question for patriots fans today what do you think of how he handled it today mego i thought he did a great job you know you talk about winning the press conference and i know that's been kind of a joke and okay you can't win everybody over with one press conference but for the job that he had to do today, I thought he did a great job. I thought that he came off as authentic, um, as human, which is something a little different. And, yeah, he, he spoke in broad terms. He didn't get into the nitty-gritty of what he's going to do with different positions and how much say he's going to have in personnel. It's still early in the process for those things for him. But overall, I, I thought that he, he did great. And he stood up for what he believed in in different circumstances and went head-to-head with the guy who just hired him. Yeah, so that's the other side of the coin. I I do think Gerard Mayo, just up there having a human being answer questions and, you know, not being so combative. It's it's, it's a press conference, you know. I guess for somebody who has sat through a lot of these things, um, it wasn't boring, (laughs) which is a plus, because a lot of these things are incredibly dry and boring. And I think that he communicated what he needed to communicate about who he's going to be in this position. I just think... Because that's what it was about. Who are you? Yeah, he's a human being. And he's up there, he's playing the media game. And that is like shocking and winning people over. And that's fine. I mean, look, I I, I do find that refreshing. I didn't need Bill to snort at me anymore. I've, I've had enough of listening to Bill over 25 years. I've been in those press conferences too. Don't need it. Done with it. Okay? So that was refreshing. But that's all that was. Like, that's like window dressing. And the real issues I feel like haven't been addressed. He didn't answer the offensive coordinator uh, question. Now, Mega, you can read into it by saying what he didn't say. I want to see something tangible there. Same thing with the GM search. Like, those questions were not answered today. So I found it refreshing. He stood up to Robert because, as I said earlier, the other side of the coin is Robert really struggled today. He really did. And there's at least the message that they're going to do something different. No specifics on how they're going to do it. But there's a message they're going to do things different. Mego just referenced this. The titles, uh, when he was asked about, well, he was asked like 10 different things by Rochi. Rochi had to, <laughs> had to pick a lane. He panicked because there were no follow-ups. Only had time Even for Wiggy this was one, like, that's a really long question. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so Mayo had to like fix uh, Rochi or like, you know, correct him and be like, hey, how about one? How about we start with one question? Here's what Rochi settled on. This, this is another shot at Bill. Do you plan to officially name an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams? I think titles are important. And I know uh, no knock to Coach Belichick, who has oh. been a huge mentor to me over the years as a player and as a colleague. What I would say is colleague. I believe titles are important, outward looking. But as far as in the building, I don't care what your title is. It's what's your job? What value do you bring to the organization? And I think that's the most important thing. And sometimes I think 
in business and sports, people get caught up in titles, but I also understand the other side. If you want to get, if you want to continue to get promoted, people have to know exactly what you do. But like I said earlier, in, inside, it's all about collaboration. That's what Thunder talked about, and that's what I'm about as well. Thunder, if you're just tuning in, that's his nickname for Robert Kraft, uh, which we can get back into. <laughs> Young Thundercat. It's just a hip new hilarious. Mike Cadlick told me it's just hilarious, and I'm still trying to figure out why that is. So, you know, I, I do think that's a shot at Bill. And just consider not just what he said, but the messenger on that. that that's a guy who didn't have a title. And the title that he didn't have in the beginning, he probably resented that he wasn't given a title. And eventually he didn't want one because he felt like a title was very limiting. Titles are important. So we'll see. I, I hope they name a new offensive coordinator from outside the building and they give him the title. So that way we know who to blame when things go wrong and we know who to give credit to when they go right. 617-779-7937. We keep getting texts. Did you feel this way? The text line keeps saying uh, Mac is back. Did you get that from today? No. Why? Because Mac was there? Well, I mean, partially that, but also like we're going to evaluate everything and, you know, we're going to rebuild relationships. Like, I think they're kind of discussing yes, some, some of that. Like, I didn't get that from the press conference today, but the text line's starting to scare me. That's that's an, that's a dangerous assumption. I think this is the text line stressing themselves out. Also, stop texting in that you're not going to watch the games now because you don't like the hire. Like, shut up. Nobody blues you. You're going to yeah. watch football. You lost a fan <laughs> today. <laughs> shut up. We've been getting that one. We really, we really don't believe you. Because, you're going to watch football. Because he says he, he sees color and it's important important to see that okay. i'll tell you that jets game at the end of the year like <laughs> you know i might i <laughs> i didn't want to watch that one no no, no. there's I, some there's a no. lot of games this year where i'm just i believe not watch no no, them, no. So i, get, I, I get believe that. they lost some fans that day arcan i i believe on sundays they lost some fans last year yeah. i don't believe they're losing it over that comment from gerard mayo so. you lost a fan but it's the worst stop texting of us we don't believe you bob is in newton go ahead bob. Louder, arcan. uh you know how uh Mayo was concerned about the titles. I didn't hear him say anything about winning the title, about winning the Super Bowl, about having a winning team, about having a tough team, about having a good team. All he cared about was his uh, HR stuff. HR stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, that doesn't bother me, but he didn't address that. And I, I, I have a little bit of a gripe with that, too. Like when Mayo said, we latched onto this earlier, when he said – you know, my, my calling is to teach, if I have that wording right. It was something yeah, like that. he's a teacher. What are you teaching? Like, I, like I just don't know. I don't, I, don't know what your, I don't know what your philosophy is. I don't know what your be- core football well, that, beliefs are. That's about coaching. Some people who are coaches see themselves ultimately as teachers, and some people who are coaching yeah. see themselves as, like, bosses right, and but managers. This, but this is what I mean. So when I say it's very vague, this, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm, I'm teaching. All right, well, what do you, but what are you teaching? What do you believe in? What are your core philosophies and principles like I don't I don't know them and he doesn't have to volunteer those up at an introductory press conference but when I say it's vague that that's exactly what I mean yeah I think it would it's a little silly if you're mad that he didn't get up there and say we're winning six more Super Bowls and we're going to be the toughest team in football right but but that's fine and and again he doesn't have to stand up there and do it but but do you I don't blame fans who wanted to hear some of that today and if they haven't heard it they're going to reserve judgment because I feel that way like, until I know what he believes in and see it and how he wants to build a football team and what it's going to look like, well, great. He's nice to reporters. And he's up there cracking jokes with uh, Robert Kraft. That that doesn't personally have me buying in whatsoever. Yeah, but you weren't bought in in the first no, place. No, that's so, what I'm saying. So I haven't we're changed also my coming mind. At, we're also coming at this from different True. starting points where I'm like, 
you know, I don't, sold. I don't love the process of the hire, but I do like the hire. Yeah, right. So that, and that, that might explain a lot of it too. If you were already sold, fine. Did he win you over? Something we've been asking all day. It's 617-779-7937. It might, it might be a good question for Scal coming up. You know, can you be buddy, buddy with the players? What was his line today? Like, you don't, it, it, the message is different hearing it from your parent versus, versus hearing your it from your sibling. Brother. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's a good question for Scal. You know, the Celtics have gone through that to I didn't listen either. With Missoula. I, yeah, I didn't. I was the older sibling, so I did a lot of bossing around, quite frankly. Um, but maybe it's a good question for Scal, just the idea of that approach to coaching. Uh, and we'll get to it uh, with him coming up at 4.30. We normally talk to him on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. He backed up a little bit. 617-779-7937. You can jump in on that. Uh, I also want to get to the absence of Jonathan Kraft, coupled with a report from Phil Perry about who is assuming a new role within the organization. We started hearing her name last week. Who is that? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Where is Jonathan, and how would you describe his role in the football operation moving forward? Well, um, I know Jonathan had planned to be here today. We, He really is running all of the craft group companies and something has come up today that was really important. But he really serves as, he's like a equal partner to me in the running of the operation strategically. He's not involved in the day-to-day operations. He's helping me on an overall basis in the ownership uh, position and would have been here, but one of the other companies had an issue that was critical, and he's dealing with that. A critical issue with one of their other businesses. Elevators out. Jonathan, we need you here. You know what I say to that? How come he wasn't at the Bill Belichick song and dance last week? Mm-hmm. If there was a an incident that came up today and it was important to one of their other businesses okay fine i already smell a rat there maybe that's the issue but Pest he, control. he had to miss last week as well very curious very strange especially when coupled with some of the reporting of the last week plus by seth wickersham and today by Phil perry uh we're going to talk to brian scalabrini he makes his weekly appearance about 10 minutes from now at 4 30 we'll get all his thoughts on I mean what the Celtics are doing but I am curious how Scal feels about I mean really just Bill leaving I mean he's he's been here for Bill's heyday he was an athlete in the city he's covered the city for a long time and furthermore you know just the idea of the coach being buddy buddy I find uh an interesting dynamic and that crosses over sports so we can get to that with Scal coming up but I just want to reiterate the Seth Wickersham story from last week, and then we can get into what Phil said today because it all ties in with Jonathan Kraft, I think. Um, he writes, uh, and I'll give you a, a, a bit longer of a, a piece of the story here, that uh, the relationship between Jonathan Kraft and Bill Belichick never strong worsened. 
Jonathan is protective over his father's legacy, and he watched for years as Bill refused to acknowledge him in the hallways and dismissed him as obsessed with optics, which is what Bill would do. In late 2022, according to a firsthand account, and I've referenced this a bunch, Jonathan denied this, by the way, to a team spokesman or through a team spokesman. Jonathan was talking to friends when one of them brought up New England's losing season, again in 2022, the Patricia Judge year. That guy's going to go, Jonathan said about Belichick. He's done. Jonathan Kraft and Senior Vice President of Business Affairs for the Kraft Group, Robin Glazer, huh, that name keeps coming up, would chat with staff off to the side, asking why the head coach had made certain decisions. The subtext of those conversations was that life in Gillette Stadium might be different soon. Boy, is that, uh, you know, uh, a peek into the future. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. As the season neared its halfway point, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Uh, Belichick had the most loyal staff uh, who felt pinched between their boss and ownership. Word leaked around the office that if Belichick were gone in 2024, football ops would be split between Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. Patriots coaches and executives thought that the Krafts, quote-unquote meddling, had got everyone spun around, a source on the personnel side said. And then it goes on to how Jonathan Kraft was leaking out information against Bill Belichick. Quote, he's been brutal. To be fair, they were leaking against each other. Nope, true. A lot of leaking going on. Uh, back and forth and on each other and against each other. And so uh, he's been brutal, Bill told one of his friends, to Seth Wickersham. So that was late last week. Robin Glazer, and I remember reading it at the time. I'm like, huh, who is this Glazer? Per-? Like I was skimming through before the show. You know, the, the story came out. It was long right before the show. And I'm like, who is this Glazer person, huh? And now Phil Perry today. Update to the Patriots staff. Robin Glazer is now EVP of football business and senior advisor to the head coach. So it sounds like he, she's going to have a direct line to Gerard Mayo. She'll also have a direct line to Jonathan and Robert Kraft, I would imagine. And so is that just a liaison between coach and ownership? Maybe. I mean, you could explain it away that way. Or is that the Crafts extending their tentacles onto personnel? And furthermore, how do we square all of that with Jonathan Kraft and his absence today? Was she at the press conference? I don't know. Good question. I don't know. So I thought that Mike Cadlick did an excellent job when he hopped on with us directly after the press conference, noting that they released this right after the presser. So this is just such a Patriots move, even in Bill Belichick's departure, in the wake of his departure. Now they are still pulling the same old stuff. So you don't get to ask about, hey, Robin Glazer, she's got this new position. What does it mean for you, Gerard? How do you look forward to working with her? Did you want her on your staff or to be, you know, colleagues and working directly with one another? They didn't want to answer any of those questions. I think that's a slimy move. I really don't like it. Like, it, it, I, I thought a lot of that was Bill stuff. And now, you know, that's just as much craft stuff with pulling that over the reporters and the rest of us. So it's a good point. You know, like they're sitting here and all these years we're we like, always blame that. On oh, Bill. Bill's so sneaky. Of course, Bill will get off the podium and then they'll announce a transaction or something like that. So nobody can ask him or now you know, she's got this nebulous title. It's just up on the website. Nobody knows what it means. Well, that's just sneaky, sneaky. Well, somebody tipped somebody off. And that, that's not to besmirch the reporting of Phil Perry, but somebody tipped somebody off. No, thank goodness for Phil Perry. Yeah, no, but I'm saying somebody, somebody wants that out there, that she's gotten a promotion. Uh, and that might not be the crafts. That might not be her. But somebody wants that out there. And so, interesting. Uh, 617-779-7937. Why do we think Jonathan Kraft wasn't 
there. Why was he absent today, Arkin? Well, the one thing that sprung to mind immediately was that maybe he didn't want Gerard Mayo. Maybe Mayo wasn't his pick. Maybe this whole thing that started a year ago was something that Robert really believed in, and Jonathan was maybe a little bit more lukewarm on, and then when the whole thing with Bill sort of came to a head, maybe, I mean, this is all just spitballing, I don't know anything, but like maybe Jonathan thought, you know, maybe this this could be an opportunity to expand our search a little bit. We can look around, make sure this is really the guy that we want. He was here when this whole thing fell apart, you know. It's not like he wasn't part of the staff right. that went 4-13. and 13. He was, and uh, maybe that's why he wasn't there. I mean, I think that would be a really lousy way of, of going about that if that's how you felt, but I, that's what sprung to mind for me. I just can't imagine Robert and John, like right there in the Wickersham story, despite Jonathan being ready to take over football ops with Robin Glazer, right there in the story, he's very protective of his father's legacy. And like... I don't know, after watching Robert today, maybe Jonathan needs to take over a little more day-to-day because it was a rough, rough, rough go for Robert. But I don't think he's, like, at war with his dad. I, I, I don't think that's what's going on. If anything... Do you think he's squeezing him a little bit? No. Why do you? No, I'm just asking. I mean, he's talk- he seems to be talking a lot to people or people around him, around Jonathan, are talking a lot because he is prominent in that Wickersham piece. So, very prominent. And uh, for feuding with Bill and for wanting to keep Brady and for being ready to take over football ops the second Bill was out, like, yes, no, for sure, that's what's going on. But I I wonder if they just felt it was better for Jonathan to stay away. Like, just don't don't be here. You're not even – you. why would you want to run football ops? He's dealing with craft paper products or whatever. That he doesn't did, want to run football that ops. That did feel a little obvious, didn't it? And so he's got he's got he's got the real job of running our companies over here. So I think it's what Robert told you where it's like, "Oh, I mean, no, Jonathan runs these other companies and he's just involved at the ownership level, but he doesn't want to do football ops." I think that part of what Robert said is right. He's involved in the major stuff like keeping a quarterback and firing a coach. So they said, "Stay away." And when I say they, I think Jonathan was like, "Yeah, you know what? You're you're right. I don't want it to look a certain way. This is this is the right call." I think he's probably on board with it. But but now it's become a bigger story. That's what I was just going to say. You made this point earlier, and it's a great one. Like, Thank you. They turned it into a bigger story by him being absent. They thought, stay away, you're running paper products, or you're running whatever the other companies are that Arkan looked up earlier today. You're doing that. And instead, it's turned into a much bigger story because Volan decided to ask him about it. Yeah. <laughs> just, These should, revolution like press said. releases aren't going to write themselves, people. <laughs> Come on. Volan, Volan, like I said, just crawls out from underneath one of those plastic chairs, and he's like, hello, Gerard. <laughs> so I I think all of that, it's like, oh, you're telling me he doesn't want to do it. Like, that was the, the Curran report from last week. And I believe the reporting of Tom Curran. I bet Jonathan Graves is telling people he doesn't want to do it. Robert is saying he doesn't want to do it today. That's not what he's involved in. But I don't believe it. I see owners all the time. In all kinds of sports, we know it very well here in Boston, getting involved with personnel and having their hands on personnel. And I don't know why Jonathan would be any different. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt on that. I think Robert has meddled in personnel decisions. Like, Arkan, my dream job would be to sit there and be a GM. It's like what I do every week with fantasy football. I would love to do that. Who wouldn't want to do that? I don't don't want to do that. Why wouldn't Jonathan want to do that? You wouldn't want to run a football team? No. If a football team came to you and said, Mego, you're in charge, you wouldn't want to do that. No, thanks. Why? I'd take the job and then I'd say, buy me out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who would, like, my my pushback would be, who wouldn't want to do that? Absolutely not. Why? Because I don't, because I'm not equipped to do it. So? What do you mean, so? So? I don't want thousands of, I already, okay. 
already have a lot of people mad at me on a daily basis. You I don't have, want a whole fan base have, against me because I screwed it up. You have ideas on who you would hire, right? You could actually do that. You could put people in place for I, your no, Washington Commanders. You. No, thank you. You could hire the right coach. No, thank you. You could draft a quarterback oh you like. Oh, my God. It, like, gives me, it makes me a little queasy to think Robert, about. Robert and John. This is, maybe it's a difference between men and women where, like, men growing up are like, I want to be the president. And right. I'm like, I want a stable job. <laughs> yeah, Mango you, stinks. People, <laughs> what a lie. I wouldn't want to run my team. No. I have tons no. of thoughts on my team, but I wouldn't want to be in charge. I'm Everybody like, wants like, to be. Could I run communications for my team? Probably. I wouldn't want Stacey James' job. Yeah, no, so that, he one's, runs communications. that one seems pretty thankless, especially when. Yeah, but he doesn't work for the commanders. Robert threw him under the bus two seconds after he couldn't pronounce uh, Gerard Mayo's brother's name. Probably. Wouldn't want to. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know how Stacey's done. I'm not 82 so year old and out of touch. It was Stacey James's fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he did. Come on, that guys. is exactly what he did. So no, no, Jonathan has no interest in running football ops. Okay. I mean, I don't know. You're telling me he doesn't want say in that. I'll believe it when I see it. And a lot of your actions make it look like he is taking over and filling that uh, that power vacuum, that void, uh, in the wake of Bill Belichick. Uh, let's get to Brian Scalabrini. He joins us each and every week here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. You can check out his work on NBC Sports Boston. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline, and he's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh, and by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow. How are we doing this week, Scal? I'm doing well. You guys? We're doing well. We've been uh, reacting to Gerard Mayo and his introductory press conference, uh, Bill Belichick leaving. We don't know where he's going. And so... As a former player and a former athlete, I am curious the dynamic with players and coaches. And something Gerard laid out today, and I see a little bit of this with with Joe Mazzula as well with the Celtics. Something he laid out today is the difference between being a player's parent and being their older brother, right? Sometimes you might take a a message a little differently from a sibling than you might uh, a parent. And his idea is, you know, he's closer to some of these players. He can identify with some of these players. And yet at the same time, you, you need a boss. And so how does that dynamic work in a locker room when the players might be closer to an assistant coach and then they take over as head coach? I mean, it's to me, it's all information. I know that uh, I know that your business, and, and I do a radio show in the morning too, it's all driven by the drama and emotion of it. But I think if that coach uh, you know, clarifies what they want and they have expectations. They lay out their expectations, their reasonable expectations. Players will adapt to that. Now, the problem lies when you have a disagreement. I have expectations as a coach and you haven't met those as a player. Then the player would say with a coach that maybe has a lack of experience, say something along the lines of, those expectations weren't clear. So when he was an assistant coach, it was a lot easier to talk to him because he didn't sub me in and out. So there's more dynamic to being a head coach, but I think most athletes just need info and they want to know what they need to do so they could do it to the best of their abilities. And you could subtract all relationships of like, you know, an old guy who has a ton of experience or a, a guy who, like the, you can relate to it all goes out the window if you're not given the right information for the for football on you know like whenever it's once a week for basketball you know three and a half times a week. Scal, can I ask you what you think about this Siakam trade? Uh, him going to Indy. Do you think that this changes, yeah. I guess, the landscape of the East? And do the Celtics have to look at the Pacers a little differently? They're they're de- they're definitely better. Um, 
Siakam, when, when he plays the right way, he is a jet. He has an incredible motor. He can fly at that court. He, he works the baseline. Like, he's a perfect fit when, when he's playing for Indiana. Now, is he going to go there and play for a contract? Is he going to, like, you know, a lot of players sometimes, like, they want to, they'll take the easy way out. Just give me the ball. Let me go to work as opposed to doing what we would call, like, Siakam's a player that sometimes gets it out of the mud. You know, he grinds for buckets. He hustles on buckets. He'll shoot it. He'll rebound it. He'll put it back in. If he plays with that energy, it does change the landscape a little bit. Um, Indiana, to me, is a is a, the real deal. Like I, I a lot of people talk about their defense, but I think that um, their defense has been better. Obviously, they need to get Tyrese Halliburton back, but I think look don't necessarily look to us, but they've already beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I, four times they've already you know beat us in that in-season tournament which that was a pretty important game uh look for teams like the knicks look for teams like miami maybe even philadelphia um maybe those teams are like that would really put you know how how good can indiana be could they end up in a conference finals you know matching up against us or milwaukee or something like that so it definitely um you know bring some more interest to the table because i don't think toronto was on that on that spectrum at all. Scal, Ime Udoka in town over the weekend with Houston. I was at the game, and it didn't seem like there was much of a reaction when he got introduced. Uh, you were around the team a lot more, obviously. Uh, how, how did you sort of think that all went, and um, what did you think of Udoka's comments afterwards about still being in touch with all the players? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, all these guys meet up, and they see, you know, they, they uh, communicate like that through text and the guy plays well. Hey, you know, I saw that play. Nice job. Like, all that kind of stuff. So, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I, I thought it was – I don't I, – I, like, just watching Houston, they look like a, so much more of a professional team. You can see Ime Doka's thumbprint all over that team and how they're trying to establish some toughness. It kind of ran, ran out of gas because they were on that back-to-back in the second half. But I thought in the first half, you could see that he's definitely, you know, making a difference there. And – I don't think any of the players kind of overreacted or, or I thought it was very appropriate the way that a coach that was here and had that much success, you know, with this team and, and him coming back, kind of weird circumstances, but I thought it was all appropriate. Talking to Brian Scalabrini here on Jones and Mega with Arcan on WEEI. Uh, Celtics get the Spurs tonight. Uh, we'll see Victor Wembanyama uh, against the Celtics. He individually uh, has certainly had some brilliant moments, and his overall numbers are pretty good. The Spurs have seven wins. So how uh, how do you feel about his debut season so far? Oh, I mean, Wembanyama has been great. And, um, you know, if you go back, and I'll run these numbers tonight for my advanced analytics, I thought a turning point was when they played us. And I felt like he got the ball a lot more than he did before. So I had some guys run the numbers and yeah, he's getting a lot more usage since playing us, and his offensive rating is up. His defensive rating is is down, down in a good way, and uh, he's making he's made it uh, much more of an impact since playing us. And he's always obviously a freak of nature, and you're seeing him, you're like, oh my god, look at this guy. But now I feel like he's playing more winning basketball. Um, at at first, I was thinking Chet Holmgren had such a big impact on winning at Oklahoma City, but um, I think Victor Wembanyama might end up winning the uh, Rookie of the Year, even though he can impact winning and not win, and I think people might look at that. So it's definitely a two-horse race. People, a lot of people do like Chet, and, uh, but I think the way Wembanyama has been playing since playing us 
has shown that like not, he has potential to be really special. Did I hear you? In the, you have like a little. You got an analytics team, like a Scal analytics team. Oh yeah, I, I mean I can. I don't. I don't want to go down the road of being a nerd on air, but I got to do it once again. No, but I but I like that you have you have like a you have like a a, a team of oh, yeah, uh, analysts nerd. working it's for like, you. I like that. You know, is that because yeah, NBC I, Sports advised you against? I can just ask. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, two nerds on air at once. It's a no go. You mean? Oh, hi, that, is that a shot at my boy? <laughs> <laughs> just the light one. No, but you have your analytics you present once again. Yeah, you guys. I mean, you watch the game. Now it's, it was Putnam Analytics. Now it's Franklin Templeton. We do a little advanced analytics every game, but we do a lot of that. Like. If, uh, you know, when we talk about defensive rating or where we're trending, you know, we do, it's not, we don't want to go do too much of that, but, you know, those, those things are important. Um, we've uh, seen this team now a couple games in a row play without some key players. Outside of Tatum, who do you notice the most when they're out, when they sit out a game, Scott? Oh, man, that's a tough one because if Porzingis is gone and now Horford slides in and has a pretty remarkable game, I think from a like a winning standpoint, Porzingis provides the, the the biggest trouble for another team. You know, like he stretches it, he could post smalls, he could block shots and rebound. So I I feel like I feel like that answer would be Porzingis, and he's not easy to replicate. So where if Tatum is out, we can get an incredible performance from Brown and vice versa. If Holiday's out, we get more from White. So all those guys are kind of interchangeable. It feels like to me that there's we cannot replace that what Porzingis brings. It's like really difficult. You you can win a game, but Porzingis had such an impact on both ends of the floor. I feel like I notice him the most if if he's out. We're right at the halfway point of the season, just about here. How do you think Joe Mazzulla is done managing everybody's minutes? I think great. Um, I would like to see, like, sometimes I like when he uh, goes deep into his bench uh, early in the in the first half, like when we have, like, a back-to-back or something like that. I like the way he does that. I, um, but I think he's done a, a, a pretty good job with that. And, you know, you still – it's not just about not getting minutes. You still have to build up their bodies for playing 40 minutes in the playoffs, 41, 42, 43 minutes in the playoffs. So, so I think uh, – and that's more than Joe. Remember, that's a – that team of Australians that run around. And by the way, there are a few Americans there too. I just didn't know it, but like, Is that there's new? a team of people that, yeah, yeah. So it's just a team of people that. Were the are Australians getting too crazy? <laughs> no, no. There's just a team of people that are handling this, and I think they're doing a great job. All right, he's Brian Scalabrini. He joins us each and every Wednesday. Uh, we can t- I, I like the idea of just having like a whole research and analytics department. I like, uh, I like that idea. People, people tell me all the time, I need, uh, I need more research for my takes, so maybe I need one of those teams like, uh, like just, Scal. Just text me. Yeah. Just text me. Anything you want to know, I can get it to you. What do you want to know? Okay, good. Okay, well, you I, well, my number? Uh, well Actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it from Ryan, though, but that, you just opened up a, a dangerous door there, Scal, but we appreciate it. I wish you didn't do this. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you next week, all right, Scal? All right, sounds good. Right. Brian Scalabrini has all our guests on the Harbor One Hotline. You heard, Everybody heard that? Yeah, he said, get my number and text me. All right. Anytime you want, 24-7. Now, I, those, I, I, I understand rationally what he was offering up was if I want any analytics. What I, I No, I, I want dirt, Scal. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, that's, that's now what you're getting texts about. Just prepare yourself for that. A little free game from Scal. <laughs>
Scal, by the way, uh, like all of WEEI's coverage here uh, during January, brought to you by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Uh, his, his guy is Dick Leip, by the way. You, so is that ten wise, times a game if you're well, you know, let's get Dick Leip on that. Let's you know. I do see the shout out. No, thanks, I see I see it on nerd. social media all the time. But uh, but no, I just I li- I like the idea of like uh, a research. We need I'm like, astounded at some of the numbers that, that this gentleman comes up with. We need a Jones and Mego show research department. That's what I'm saying. We need we need like a research department on on this program. That's that's what we need. I second that. You're yeah. staring at me, and I, I don't know why you're staring at me. Well, no, you don't need to. You don't certainly. I'm saying none We've of us. We've got need, a new intern. None of us need to waste our time. Yeah, exactly. That's what we need. We need. A, we need a research and analytics department here on the Jones and Mego show. I think Ryan should do it. He doesn't really do that much, so I think no, that Ryan true. should probably he does be on I think we're gonna start paying you in cheese doodles, Arkan, right, and you won't complain about okay. it. Fine with me. I uh, I can't. I cannot wait. I uh, get ready. Get ready for a buttload of text here, Scal. Just get ready for it. Scal just texted me and said, "I was kidding. <laughs> don't give." <laughs> Jones Give him number. a fake number. <laughs> 617-779-7937. No, that is not Brian Scalabrini's number. That's the number to get in touch here with Jones and Mega with Arcan on WEEI. We have Triple Play next. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the Triple Play. Yes! Triple Play. The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mego. Triple's is best. Triple's is best. Triples is best. You know I love my cars, and you can warm yourself up at the 99 restaurant with our fork-tender boneless braised short ribs served in a red wine sauce with caramelized onions and mushrooms served over mashed potatoes and crowned with crispy onion rings. Here for a limited time, you gotta love the nines. All right, it is Wednesday. Hang on. Mego made a good observation. What? How come he's always sprinting in for triple play? He's never sprinting in for any other segment. Yeah, why are you Because I have to start it off. You're, you're you're never like overstaying your welcome during the break. <laughs> no, I, no, hang on. no I didn't. I didn't say it that way, Arjun. It is overstaying your over- welcome because you're supposed to be on air. You're only late to the segment that you run. It'd be like if I was in the bathroom. I wasn't late, first of all, I was you're, on you're, time. It was. It'd be like if I was pulling a Trent Brown during the start of Meg explaining. <sighs> oh no. No, women women don't poop, so that that makes sense. It's I, like every I'm day. sorry, did I did I miss my did I miss my cue here? No, I mean it's a good observation, but you, do you, you did I miss it? You go no. Oh, you, you said oh shoot. Let me and re- ran to let the me other rephrase room. the question right. Do you tend to be running in at the last second for this this segment specifically every day? Yes. Yes. It's it's, it's the a little only faster segment because you run. I'm the one that has to start it. If so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you're not running in for any other segments. Because I feel like you're not really in here that late for other segments to that point. But maybe maybe we're just missing it. Maybe it is just what he's saying, Mago. Maybe we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, people want us to give to Robert Kraft and give to Gerard Mayo and everything. Maybe we I don't understand the what the, the problem is. Like, I have to start this one off, so I want to be out here ready to say, start it. That's I didn't all. Say, no one said it was a problem. It was just, it was an observation by It was just an observation by Mego that you seem to have a problem with, but it was an for observation by Mego. For whatever reason, the break before this segment... You are you always lose track of time during the break, and you sprint over there. Just gonna work on a short. Maybe game. he just gets really hungry for those wise snacks at four four. Maybe it's just like when he's naturally Dude, those, hungry. Those, That's those every honey break, barbecue chips are okay. chef's kisses. Greg well, big, would say. Big thanks to uh, uh, Wise Snacks. Uh, that's all of football's postseason is brought to you by Wise Snacks. Our coverage here at WEEI. You know no one who's does not crunchy. Thanking you, my wedding diet. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, <laughs> no one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise. All right, Arkan. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. It's Wild Card Wednesday, so let's get to Wild Card <laughs> question number one. Number one. That's all okay. Right. Mega, we'll start with you. What is the number one thing that Gerard Mayo should do differently from Bill Belichick? Delegate. Delegate. I was thinking about this. Um, if you go back and watch Bill Belichick's introduction press conference, similar to what Gerard Mayo did today with the Patriots, he says that the biggest mistake he made when he was in Cleveland was a failure to delegate responsibilities. 
And that, I think, is what we saw Bill Belichick really fail at in the last five-plus years that he was here. And I really think that we underestimate, as a head coach, and if you have any say in personnel, now, Dred Mayo, I don't think, is going to be GM. Who knows who's going to be the GM? But if he has say in personnel, it's such a broad job. Like, it is such a bigger job than I think any of us can really take in for the day-to-day responsibilities. And it's going to be really important for him to be able to dole out some of that responsibility, put his trust in the right people, and have the judgment to put people in places of power and empower those people to make decisions on his behalf so that it's not all overwhelming him and he's not able to be actionable. So my answer is stop living in the 80s, which I guess isn't a great start because he's referencing the Thundercats right out of the chute. (laughs) But I would stop living in the 80s like Bill Belichick. You know, uh, John Bon Jovi is still playing on the 8-track or the tape player or whatever it is. And he still is coaching defense like he's with the New York Giants and he has Lawrence Taylor. And he's still living with all of those trends, and the game's not played that way anymore. This is not played that way anymore. And I did like some of what Gerard Mayo said today. He has to follow through on it. Otherwise, it's just lip service, and they're just words. But the game has evolved since I played, he said. What was his last year? 2015, I believe, was his final season? 2015. He said the game has changed since then. Bill's still coaching like it's the 80s, and he's going against the K-Gun and Joe Montana and everything else. That's how he's coaching it. And so that has to be the biggest difference. The Patriots have to evolve with the times. And Thundercat reference aside, I I give Gerard Mayo a chance to do that. All right, let's get to our second wild card question. Number two. San Antonio Spurs in town tonight. Will the Spurs win more games this year than the Celtics lose? Currently, the Spurs have seven wins and the Celtics have nine losses, Jones. Will they win more games than the Celtics lose this year? Yes. Yes, and that's a compliment to the Celtics. I think the Celtics are not going to lose a ton of games this year. Like, I want them to go for, you know, the 66 wins that the Celtics had in 08. And I'm not sure they're going to get there, but... I think they're on pace for 65 I, right So I was just going to say, like, 60... They have to go 35 and 70. 62 and 20, something like that. Like, could they do that in their sleep? Yeah. And are the Spurs probably going to win 20 games I think so. I know they're not quite on pace to do that yet, but I I also expect Wembenyama to get better down the stretch, and I would imagine when a lot of these other teams start really mailing it in at the end of the year, maybe the Spurs are one. They're going to want another high pick, too, so maybe I shouldn't absolve them from this. But Wembenyama is going to be the best player on the court against some of these other crappy teams at the end of the year. I bet they can win 20 games. I'm not sure the Celtics lose 20. Uh, So I say, yeah, the Spurs can win more games than the Celtics lose. Yes. I don't know. It's a little shocking when you look back at recent history and see some of these teams. The 2015-2016 Sixers, is this right? They only won 10 games? Yeah, that was during the process. process. That's what the the Pistons are on pace for right now. That feels like it should be so much further away than that. Um, The Grizzlies in 99 only won eight. Like, this is possible. This is possible. There was a Devin Harris Nets team. They're not going to win Jersey, eight or ten. You think they're going to win eight or ten games? I don't, I'm just looking at. I'm looking they at. Go, they have seven. They're not going to win ten. Ever. You think they're going to win three games the rest of the year? They've only won seven so far. I understand, but they're on. But double all these numbers. They like, have to go like one and four. Yeah. The rest of them. Like I mean, I, I just I don't think they're going to be that bad. The Pistons might be that bad. Yeah, the Spurs I think the are not Pistons that bad. They could be that bad. Yeah. you're right. So they're they're going to be like in the bottom three of teams. They're not going to be the the Pistons. They're not going to be the worst team. So I agree with you, Celtics. Uh, will win more games, but I think that the uh, 
I, th- I think it's going to be tough for the Spurs. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough uh, off-ramp for Popovich here. You think he retires at the end of the year? He should. Or no. he gets canned? No, but they should move on from him. I, but I, No, I think he'll keep coaching. But they, they this is a lesson. This is like, it's like Bill all over again in San Antonio. Like you're watching Bill Belichick. Oh, just give Bill Belichick a, a quarterback. Yeah, it might look like Popovich with the best prospect since LeBron. He looks terrible. All right, let's get to our third wild card question. Number three. All right, Mego, would you rather be GM of the Red Sox or GM Red of Sox. the MBTA? Red Sox. No, she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to run a professional sports franchise. I don't want to do either. I don't want either of those jobs. Uh, the MBTA, there's no fixing it. Like, that is a total, at least if you're GM of the Red, Sox, the Red Sox. Well, if you're GM of the Red Sox, maybe one day John Henry wakes up and he, like, has a Christmas carol moment and he's like, spend, spend the money. And then you get to go out and spend the money and then you actually get to win games. With the MBTA, it's like, that thing is that thing is such a mess that it's very core. There's no fixing the MBTA. I think I could fix the MBTA. Stop I think I could do it. it. I think I could fix it. Yeah, everybody get a core. Yeah, exactly. Just say, yeah, fa- you, oh, you don't like it? I'm sorry it snowed out today. I'm sorry. Just but like, fill it in with concrete. F- figure out another way to get there. Like, I, like people people need to hear tough talk. Uh, that That's who needs to run the tea. Tough not talk just, with jokes. Not just, not just everybody, oh, I'm so, oh, we're sorry. It's a little bit delayed. Nope, sorry. Rain got in the way. The infrastructure's out. Uh, we're working on it. But guess what? In the meantime, everybody wants everybody everything for free sorry tough this isn't working properly i want to run the mbta i want to run the mbta that's what i want to do i want you to run the mbta and i think i could fix it i think i could fix it i i think it's easier to fix than the red sox i'm with arkin on this i don't believe you i'm with arkin on this i think it's easier to fix than the red sox how do you get rid of john henry i don't know that's how you'd fix the red sox in the meantime mbta changes leadership all the time happens like every few years (laughs) yeah because people fail out of the job yeah, good and no one fixes it good i'll apply next time uh, I, i'm on the applicants list uh, anyway that's triple play each and every day at this time 617-779-7937 let's get back to what was really a rough day for robert Kraft. that's next baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.